Hello, my dear friends, and welcome to another episode of the Painting Pictures Podcast. Here we are on this incredible moment in history, right on the cusp of the Great Reset and the Great Revolution. And who knows what, really? Who can say? Who can say where we're headed? Uh, I think it's going to be good, though. I think it's going to be good. I'm feeling good about where we're at. Um, very excited that the mask mandates are ending. You guys know that I'm a staunch anti-masker. So it's really great to see that vaccinated people can now um, not wear masks. It's really funny to pe- see people still driving around in their cars wearing masks. Uh, obviously, they didn't get the memo. I <laughs> think there must be some real hand-wringing and some mind-twisting going on for those folks. Like, what? All of a sudden, I don't have to wear a mask? But I want to wear a mask. That's what I've come to realize lately. I had an email exchange with some nice folks that were organizing youth t-ball here in our town in Vermont. And I reached out because... It seemed kind of ridiculous to me that um, kids had to wear masks when playing baseball. Like, they're seems like they're pretty thoroughly socially distanced. And I wasn't sure. I saw all the kids wearing masks, and I just thought, do they need to be wearing masks right now? Like, is this really the state guidance? So I went ahead and emailed the Vermont Department of Health, and I pretended that I cared what they had to say. I pretended that I was under the impression that their rules and regulations applied to me, and I asked for some guidance on masking. Just a bit of mask, just a bit of mask guidance. I wonder if you couldn't provide me with a bit of, a little bit of guidance for masking. Masking for the children. Do I need to mask the children right now, or can we let the children be unmasked? Oh, whatever you say, we'll go ahead and do it. So please, Miss Department of Health, a bit of guidance on the masking for the children, if you don't mind. I got a reply in within hours. It was great. Hi, Gabriel. <laughs> Thanks for caring what our bureaucracy has to say about covering your children's faces. Here's the di- here's the scoop. Um, masks are no longer required for many outdoor sports, including baseball. Also, equestrian, you can go ahead and, and ride horses without masks on. Uh, Cross country running, <laughs> that's good. But you know, I you you don't want to get too much oxygen when you're running for three hours. You know, so I don't know about that one. Cross-country runners might want to keep wearing their masks. But yeah, baseball. Um, it said for sports like baseball, masking is no longer required as long as social distancing can be re- observed or maintained. And that the players must still wear masks when in the dugout. Obviously, you can't have children sitting next to each other next to a baseball field without masks on. (laughs) I mean, we all, that's pretty far-fetched. So I thought, great. Um, It looks like, it looks like kids don't have to wear masks playing baseball. So I, I cut and pasted the reply and I sent it to the people organizing T-ball here in town. And I, I said, I, I was up on the common on Sunday during practice and, Noticed all the kids wearing masks. Just wanted to see if you guys knew about this latest guidance. And I got a reply right back. Hi, Gabriel. (laughs) Thank you for checking in around guidance from a bureaucracy to tell us whether or not our children can walk around without masks on their faces. We, of course, were totally up on the guidance. We're following that guidance. Masks are not required. Um except for the catchers, the umpires, and, of course, the kids in the dugout all have to be wearing masks. Uh, 
However, we respect all children's choices around whether or not to wear a mask. Huh. So, um, apparently what she means by that or meant by that was we respect all children's choices to wear a mask or not, except for children who don't want to wear a mask in the dugout or at home plate. Obviously, we don't respect that choice. But if children who don't have to wear masks want to wear masks, well, that's bless their little hearts. They're just good little civic servants, and we respect that decision. So apparently, everybody knows that masks are only required in these certain situations, and they just want to wear masks. They're more comfortable wearing masks. They figure, well, if these kids have to wear masks, if the catcher have to wear masks, let's all wear masks out of solidarity. Great. That's how, that's where we're at with this little town here in Vermont, Craftsbury. It's, it's, um, we love, we love masks. In Craftsbury, we heart masks forever, all the time, especially for our children. We think they're great and we always want to wear them. I thought another town might look at that guidance, that blurb, and be like, great, it looks like we don't have to wear masks for baseball. But Craftsbury looks at that guidance and says, well, let's see, obviously to maintain social distance can't happen when there's a batter and a catcher, so the catcher's always got to wear a mask, and the batter's got to wear a mask, and kids in the dugout got to wear a mask, and why don't we all just wear masks? And it dawned on me that not wanting to wear masks i i that's not an assumption that i can make we we can't assume that on some level people want the mask thing to stop i i don't know why i've been under this delusion this whole time maybe it just i guess i'm projecting i want the mask thing to stop but that's not safe to assume that everybody wants that some people might in fact want it to continue forever you just you can't assume even that a parent has any desire left in their gut for their child to be able to hang out with other children and play sports without a mask on (laughs) apparently that is you know that's just not a safe assumption to make And that makes it really clear to me, you know, that makes it clear to me what's going on, how far we've come and the state we're in. People are so devoted at this point that there, there may, there just may not be any desire left in their beings for, for this to end. Um, so I just thought, well, f- forget you guys. Obviously, I if my kid was playing baseball, they would not be wearing a mask. But that's not my deal. It's not, I don't have a child at baseball age. So you know what, guys, go ahead. Like, just carry on. <laughs> Apparently, this is what you want. Oh, it's wild. Just wild. Then there was a uh, there's a post on our local community message board, online message board. Um, the farmers market is starting up again, which is great. And somebody posted, I guess that they're they're going to require masks at the market again, despite this whole like this whole all of a sudden the the media is all over the CDC. And it's uh, suddenly it's cool to acknowledge that we don't wear need that wearing masks outside is wor- next to worthless. I don't, you know, that just it's in the New York Times and it's around and that's that's the latest thing. Now we can all go. Oh, you don't really need to wear a mask outside. <laughs> I mean, we know that now. I guess it's just. I think it's like the the whole thing is falling apart, and so the CDC or whatever the powers that be are just like. They're throwing. They're starting to have to chuck bones out at people, in order to maintain, like, some respect for the idea that these stupid masks do something. Because if you just, if you start, you can't give it all up, but you can't hold on to all of it when you have 
the Texas Rangers selling out home games, thousands of people sitting together without masks on, some people I'm sure are wearing masks, watching baseball and no spikes happening in Texas. I think it there must be some level where it's starting to sink into people. And so you can't just maintain the, the charade anymore. So you have to start throwing out these bones. So, of course, the latest one is that it, it's suddenly uh, clear to people and it's okay and it's acknowledged in the mainstream. And this person replied to the farmer's market and said, people, why are we requiring masks? Outdoor transmission just doesn't happen with COVID. Casual interactions do not lead to transmission. Here's this article from the New York Times that essentially shows that. And you might think that an article in the New York Times would be good enough for people, but um, apparently not. There was a sanctimonious reply really, really putting that poster in their place saying... Uh, I don't know. The the following the links th- from the New York Times and the source study is not hasn't been peer reviewed. The study that shows that outdoor transmission is virtually. Let's see. Uh, I think I have it here. It's all about aerosolized viral shit, right? So. Basically, the thing is that everything happens in limited ventilation areas, suggesting that it's all about aerosolized transmission, which doesn't happen outside. And so this person wanted to make it very clear that the article or the study doesn't say that outdoor transmission can't happen. It just says that it's very rare. And so, of course, we should continue wearing masks all the time because we we respect, we want to protect the people that grow our food. You monster! You monster! You want to kill our farmers! Stop killing our farmers by smiling at them, you fucking monster! Oh, my God. And I can just imagine people sitting back and applauding. Oh, there we go. There's science coming through. Science coming through to squash that silly person trying to like heaven forbid heaven forbid we should have a fucking farmer's market where people can see each other's faces what could be worse Well, folks, here I am a couple days later, and the CDC has, of course, issued its new guidance on masking, which essentially says maskless people or vaccinated people can do whatever they want. So, of course, our wise governor, Phil Scott, has updated the Vermont guidance and removed the mask mandate. Uh for vaccinated people, I guess. And um, so it opens the door now for this very interesting situation where businesses or whatever are going to have to decide if they want to start checking people's papers at the door. (laughs) He said something in, in the press conference about it being the honors system here in Vermont. So people can just lie about being vaccinated, I guess, to access services. Anyway, after that, the organizer of our farmer's market here posted again to the forum after there was that little exchange where the person, you know, beat down the concept of no masks with detailed posts, you know, all these citations, yada, yada, yada. Well, the organizer made a new post that said, the mandate has been dropped. We continue to follow state guidelines, so we will not be requiring masks at the market. Masks will be optional. We'll have masks and sanitizer available. Boom! Just like that. Just like that. 
we've got a farmer's market with no masks. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited to, to see all those farmers' faces and breathe on them as much as possible. But what I think is so funny is I'm thinking about the person who wrote the holier-than-thou post about how foolish it would be and dangerous it would be to not wear masks and irresponsible and unscientific. What, where are they now? Well, nowhere to be found. Crickets, of course, from them, because they've just had their brain stirred again, and their gods, the CDC, have changed their minds again, <laughs> which really sucks. You know, if you're, if you're pegged to these fickle gods, then you are going to be made to look like a fool. Because they're always changing their goddamn minds. So, I just, I, you gotta feel for these people. Like, you spend all this time thinking about why it's irresponsible to suggest no masks at the market. And you take the time to write a lengthy post. You take the time to look at the scientific journal papers that are referenced and find out that they aren't peer-reviewed and then find a peer-reviewed paper that talks about or find the policy of the medical journal around non, you know, preprint articles and what they mean and cut and paste that quote where it says it's not, you know, not yet peer-reviewed means it can't be taken as at face value, yada, yada, yada. You put in all... <laughs> You put in all that work and inside you've got to, I mean, you've got to really be convicted and believe that it's important that people wear masks at the market and it's foolish and irresponsible and unscientific not to. Well, then the old CDC just comes out and drops that bomb on you and leaves you, again, just, what do you say? <laughs> You wouldn't dare come out and contradict the CDC because you've been trumpeting this whole year and a half about how people need to just follow the guidance. And if people just followed the guidance, everything would have been okay. It's tough. It must be tough. That's why some would say follow God, the actual God, the OG God, because his, her, their rules don't change every day. I don't know. That's just a thought. That's just a suggestion. But God, I think it's hilarious. I don't know what, I don't know what these people then think. Then you, you just, your brain then wraps onto, oh, well, the CDC, it's because enough people got vaccinated. So yesterday, yesterday, we were at 48.5% vaccination status and now we're at 49 percent, so it's okay <laughs> oh great okay so you're all, you're totally on board now you're totally on board yesterday it was the most horrible idea and you're gonna kill our farmers and today it's fine oh it's fine yeah the cdc said so it's turning it's this kind of thing is going to is turning us into children because um yeah, this is what happens when you don't think for yourself, basically. Like, if, you're, if your explanation for why things should be a certain way is because these people say so, then you're just, when things, when they say something different, then your perception of reality has to immediately switch to something new, <laughs> which has just got to be weird. I don't know. I I don't know what that experience must be like. I think that human beings are blessed with brains that allow them to perceive reality in a very complete and um, broad spectrum and and form complex thoughts and think critically about things. And we all have our own worldviews, but I think those are things that I are 
designed to evolve, um, you know, kind of slowly. And they are based in part on what other people say, but they're also based on personal experience, ideally. <laughs> ideally speaking, because that's truth. What happens in the world, in the natural world, is truth. And there are no lies in nature, as Crow says. So uh, my heart goes out to that person as they try to wrestle with that cognitive dissonance. That's a very good application for it. And on a personal note, I have to admit that throughout this pandemic, I have latched onto ideas that may or may not be totally true and may and we're based on on reading things that people wrote or hearing things that people said and those ideas sort of fitting with my um perception but i would like to say or fitting with my outlook or my opinions i'm definitely guilty of that and the prime example being the whole germ theory thing and I don't know, though, that I ever completely discounted the the existence or or effect of viruses and bacteria, but there definitely was a phase after reading a particular book where I was all about, you know, oh, there's no such thing as, as pathogens. It's all just bodily processes. And again, that, the thing, though, is that nobody really knows. I don't really know. Um, I think it's it's important, as my old wifey does, to maintain sort of an agnostic attitude about those sorts of things. And I'm going to try to do that going forward. But the same can be said for the masks, right? How do we really know that we're talking about invisible particles here? The whole thing is, in a sense, imaginary, Nobody can actually see this virus or watch it move around, see it go in and out of a mask or not. So the whole thing is based on conjecture and on correlation. Um, and so what are we really, you know, what are we really dealing with here? It's, it's, very, it's a very easy subject to interpret in multiple directions and it's a it's a very it's and that's why i just keep wanting us to go back to like actual experience so like if your actual experience is dealing with covid patients then you know you know that this thing is real you know that there's something going around that has had a profound effect on people's health and a lot of people have really struggled with it but by and large, everybody, I, th I think, has the experience that, um, you know, it's been a year and a half now or whatever, and aren't, uh, there aren't bodies in the streets. You know, the, the, this isn't, people aren't piling up, dropping like flies, whatever. It's, it's, it's not as bad as we may have thought. And our response is, is just never, it's never adapted to that response. Uh, reality and that's where we get into trouble where our, our our whole experience is just like walking out onto this onto this plank over the ocean or you know walking out on on air off of a cliff and all being held up by political arguments and ideologies and so little of it based on actual reality. That's the problem, folks. That's the problem. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not it's not easy for anybody, but hopefully the lesson from all this is just that to, the authorities are not to be trusted. I don't know, but again, there there still is this really strong perception that Americans are selfish and just want to do what they want to do, and that's why so many people in the United States died. And that's such a strong 
argument or concept or appealing concept for people because we're all, I think, by nature inside, a lot of us are still children looking for approval and we want to be good little children and we want <laughs> we want to be loved by mom and dad and we want to be recognized for doing the right thing and we're still dealing with the trauma of when we were kids and mom and dad didn't see how big brother pushed pushed us and how big brother cheated on this or that and we didn't and we never got that recognition and now now there is this big strong bully that's watching everything that's descended upon us this big parent figure that is doling out punishment for us on our behalves and all we have to do to avoid punishment is be good little children and follow the rules and take our experimental gene therapy shots every year and finally <laughs> mom and dad are paying attention and you know big big brother mean old big brother is gonna get his comeuppance for uh for being a a, a cheater and um so so we love authority some people they love it they love it because they've never they've never really grown up and taken full responsibility for their um themselves their lives their health their families and so they're in a it pre- presents this very safe space for them to exist in where all they have to do is follow the directions and even if the directions change, just check the website every day. (laughs) It's all you have to do. Check the website every day, find out where to go to take your shot and you you are in the clear. The other thing besides maybe that like inner wounded inner child still looking for approval is the whole Trump thing I swear that is still has had such a profound impact on our society and continues to because apparently there's talk that he's 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 back holding rallies again like we haven't had a break from this cat for more than a couple of months and again we have to talk about him and talk about be presented again with his orange face and the concept of people who could be so ignorant and backwards and foolish and stupid to support this person who is, as we all know, is basically the devil. And that, 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 person he he is the most successful actor in the history of actors the the impact old trumpy has had is absolutely astounding and the idea that the that he's going to be the next candidate for president wait do we not remember what just happened with this last election and how everybody abandoned him completely the entire republican party decided to go ahead with the certification of the obviously questionable election and not even look at the honest affidavits and reports from states that were saying there was some funny business going on? Why would we think that four months later, those that, that party that completely abandoned this person after the whole Capitol riots business want him back it's it doesn't make any sense the only reason he's back in the spotlight is to drum up the whole debate again and get everybody fired up about how horrible trump is and overlook the fact that we have a this new puppet pedophile senile president 
that has done absolutely jack squat for anybody and has created a situation. I mean, not he hasn't created it, but in his, in his presidency, you know, gasoline prices are skyrocketing and goods are just evaporating and and prices of everything is is going up and we're just going further into debt as a society blah 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 blah. but no heaven forbid we should look be a little bit critical about what's going on right now (laughs) let's just look at let's just look at the next election already let's just look four years ahead and talk about how horrible it is that some people are going to vote for trump again how that's the problem like the 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 level of 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 distraction is amazing it's incredible like you can literally take people's eyes off of their current reality by dangling the prospect of some yahoo running for president four years from now and you can just dangle that in front of them for four years and get them jumping up and down and huffing and puffing and pointing at it and shouting, no, not Trump. No, we don't want Trump. And meanwhile, you're just, you know, you're jamming your dick in your, in their ear, <laughs> killing their children, poisoning their soil and taking away their rights and injecting them with all kinds of shit. And if <laughs> it's just it's 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 an incredible He's incredible. Trump is absolutely incredible. Uh, you got to hand it to the the uh, you know the PR team that surrounds him. Um, you know, I, I just I don't even know where to I don't even know where to begin when people start complaining about Trump when he's. <laughs> I mean, oh boy, are we going to do this for four years now? Are we just going to complain about the person that didn't get elected? who might run for president again. That's the problem. That's the problem right now. I don't know. But yeah, that's um, a little bit of a commentary. I don't have a whole lot of time, folks. As you might imagine, life is life is full and, and busy. The apple trees are blooming and they're freaking gorgeous and the flowers are blooming in our garden. We lost a duck, though. We lost at least one duck. It got eaten by raccoons. Boy, am I glad that I didn't have to see it. My wife fortunately found the remains. It was the boy duck, Ioannidis, and I had failed to put him in his little house the night before. And he roosted down like outside the house and... A raccoon got him and ate him. Well, killed him brutally. Left most of his body. And my wife buried him. Um, I haven't cried about it yet. I think that I should. Because it's really sad. And I cried for a long time about, about the little lady duck when I thought we had lost her, just lost her, uh, a few weeks ago when we had a little gathering at our house. Everybody was wearing masks, of course. <laughs> and uh, and the there were some dogs that came, and the little lady kind of got spooked and flew away and didn't come back for two nights. And I cried and cried and cried about my negligence. Then... Uh, what happened this time is that little lady was gone for a night or two even and I just forgot about Ioannidis. It's this thing where it's getting dark so late and usually it's when it gets dark that cues me to, oh, go out and put the ducks to bed. And I just had, I think I'd gotten lulled into a sense of security because I would often forget until really late and go out and they would just be sleeping outside and we didn't really see any predators around you know we had seen the occasional skunk in our compost pile but anyway whatever the excuses are i left him out there and uh he got attacked he was a sitting duck old ianitas was a sitting duck and i didn't i felt nothing (laughs) 
I didn't feel nothing. I still feel bad. But it's honestly, it's kind of a relief if little lady had just disappeared, which it seems that she has because she still hasn't come back. Coming, she hasn't come back. She hasn't come back. We haven't found her remains. That would mean we would just have Ianitas here walking around crying for a little lady and looking for her all the time and he would have been distraught and we probably would have had to kill him to eat him just to put him out of his miniature I, I wouldn't have been able to my heart would have not been able to tolerate watching him uh longing and mourning and and searching endlessly for his little partner and being a solitary duck it just would have been too much so in a sense it's kind of a relief that the raccoon took care of it i hope that the raccoon ate I should ask my wife how much of the body remained. How much did the raccoon... How much of the body did the raccoon consume? I hope it was a good meal. And the other relief is... Our yard is rather... It's not huge. It's not tiny, but it's not huge. And a lot of it was taken up with duck pools. Which, if you don't empty them out every few days... They have, like, poop in them and feathers floating on them and... They, of course, make the lawn under them kind of die temporarily. And there's, you know, usually a hose running out there. And then there's duck poop all over the grass. And then they like to get up on the picnic table and poop on the picnic table. And they really like getting up on our back stoop and pooping on our back stoop. And that all got a little bit tiresome. It was worth it because the ducks were so cute and especially in the summertime when you could run the hose without it freezing it was easy enough to rinse things off and while you were you could hose down the ducks which was amazing they love it usually you know you turn the hose on somebody and spray them and they squeal and scream and run away and go tell mom and dad but when you turn a hose on the ducks, <laughs> they turn towards it and they puff up their little chests and they dance around and they love it. So, and I only did it a handful of times and now I find myself wishing that I had taken more opportunities to hose down the ducks. I could have been doing it every day. Um, it's like giving them a, a shower. <laughs> They're so cute. Boy, so yeah, we lost our ducks. Um, whatever. That's life, you know? What else? Yeah, it's getting garden season. Um, just reminded, every everything that I listen to is reminding me. Everything. <laughs> A lot of the podcasts, they kind of come full circle. And it always seems to come back to you and your thoughts and your emotions and nature and connecting with the damn natural world, folks. So I'm grateful that it's summer now and we can be outside without freezing our butts off. <laughs> and I plan to do that. And I just got to say, working in the garden, oh my God, is so much better than working on the house. I spent an afternoon out there weeding some bushes. So happy, pulling weeds, humming along, hands on the branch, fingers in the dirt, putting things, pulling weeds, putting them in a wheelbarrow, chucking them to the compost pile. I love moving sticks and leaves around in our yard and kind of organizing them into little piles. And I think that we're going to, I think that we've got the potential to create some really solid compost with the sticks and leaves and grass clippings and bunny poop. And we might, you know, we might be able to sell it for millions of dollars because compost prices might go through the roof just like plywood. We might be selling little baggies of compost for like $8 on Amazon. I don't know. That probably won't happen, but yeah, getting out there, I'm just fine. I don't know. I'm just rambling. I, I feel like I stopped. I, I had this other thing I wanted to launch into, but I don't have time to launch into that right now. So instead I'm just rambling and you're sitting there listening to it, wondering where I'm going with this. 
nowhere, folks. I'm going to stop right here, throw in a few things, and we'll see. Maybe it's the end of the podcast, maybe not. But thanks for listening anyway. These are the things that bother me. These are the things that bother me. Maybe they shouldn't. Maybe they shouldn't. But these are the things. These are the things that bother me. Here's something that bothers me. And maybe it shouldn't. Gerald, a.k.a. Jerry Durrell, or Durrell from the Amazon TV show The Durrells or Durrells in Corfu. I don't know how many of you have seen this show. came highly recommended to both my wife and I by both of our moms, which makes sense. It's a very easygoing television show. It's easy on the eyes. Not a lot of violence or, you know, there's some conflict, but it's pretty mild. And it's all right. It's unoffensive. But I find actually the most offensive thing about it to be this character, Jerry. And the reason is because we're supposed to love him automatically. And anytime some somebody presents something to me and assumes that I love it, I I tend to run the other direction or not love it. And this is definitely the case with Jerry, who is a cute kid. I'll give him that. Not a fantastic actor, but we're supposed to be enchanted with this character from the very beginning. And you can tell because they don't bother like building up much about this character it's really just a series of montages that show his pretty eyes you know sitting he's sitting out in the garden at night like a a whole scene with like a musical number is just him sitting out in the garden like looking up at the stars or looking at the fireflies and like kind of with a little grin on and a little smile on his face and his eyes kind of sparkling and like we're supposed to just go oh Jerry, he's so, even more than, oh, he's so cute. I think we're supposed to be like, oh, he's so beautiful, this kid. He's so beautiful. And I just, I can't go there. Like, I can't go there, like, instantly, you know? I can I can appreciate something, somebody's beauty, but if I'm just like slapped over the face with it, like, okay, we got, we cast this kid. We really think that, you know, he's got an interesting look and pretty eyes. And so we're just going to beat the audience over the head with this character, not bothering to actually make him lovable or like actually get into what makes him tick. He just, he loves animals. He loves animals. The other thing that's so annoying is he loves animals so much that he imprisons them constantly that is what he does through like the entire we've watched most of the first season i'm sad to say we the downton abbey was over so i don't we had to find something else (coughs) and he's imprisoned a pelican like a couple of turtles um what else some rats like some baby owls. Oh, he goes he goes up in a tree and oh listen, look, there's baby owls. And here's a close up shot of Jerry's pretty little eyes looking down at the owls. And it's like, run away, owls. The kid's gonna capture you and sure enough take you home and put you in a cage. Right with his pelicans. And we're supposed to be like, Oh, see, he's such a naturalist. He just loves studying animals. Well, he's he's imprisoning them, like putting them in captivity. And there's a scene where you think that he's about to let them all go. And he's like, he's like makes a little speech about it. And everybody's like got their hands on the cages ready to release these animals. And then he's like, no, no, wait, wait. I, I have to be with them a little bit longer. And he like put, does this little grin. And everyone's like, oh, Jerry. And his mentor like goes and like touches foreheads with him. Like way to go, Jerry. I thought for a second there you had lost your mind. It's like, 
It was was it a bad idea to release these poor animals that are being kept in tiny cages right next to the water? Like a pelican. How happy do you think a pelican is clomping around a cage? This stupid little kid goes and pokes him like once a day and gives him a fish? Give me a break. Anyway, then to top it all off, the uh, the season finale, there's this big dance number. Everyone's dancing. It's, oh, it's Greece. They're on the coast. Oh, it's beautiful. The light is so beautiful. Everyone's smiling, dancing in a circle. La, 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 la. And this pretty little Greek girl walks up to Jerry and extends her hand and says, like, in Greek, do you want to dance? And fucking Jerry, instead of, like, what a normal, I don't know how old this kid is, like eight or nine. What a normal eight or nine-year-old kid would do is be like, oh, oh, yes. Like he would be so nervous, uncomfortable, but like thrilled beyond belief. This is how it would be if it were me. And like a girl, a pretty girl came up to ask me to dance when I'm a little snot, nine or 10 years old. I would have been blown away. This chick is obviously as cute as Jerry is, this Greek chick is way out of his league. And what does he do? Instead of like falling over all over himself or saying, yes, I'd love to, he gives a little smirk and goes, this feels new, and takes her hand and goes and dances. Give me a fucking break. This feels new? Okay, Casanova, Jerry. Oh, he's just such a free spirit. He's not even like, he's not even preoccupied with you know, girls, like girls just chase him around because he's just such a free spirit and he's so, he just lives in the moment and he follows his animals and he just leads his life according to what feels new in that spontaneous moment. Oh, maybe I will dance with this beautiful fucking Greek girl that's way out of my league. Give me a break. Is this really like the role model we want for a young person to just be like holier than thou and like aloof? and like just obsessed with yourself and expect that women are going to come to you and beg you to dance with them? No. Give me a break. Anyway, the whole, the character bothers me. The actor bothers me because I think it's I think he knows how cute he I mean how could you not when you're just like, "Okay, we just want a shot of you like smiling and like smirking up and like a close-up shot." Yeah, just do that again, Jerry. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Ugh, not buying it. Not buying it. Just really really bothers me. These are the things that bother me. These are the things that bother me. I just want to put a loop around loop around the John on this one. A big lasso around the end of the around the tail end of it. The whole Trump soliloquy that was a tangent and it was it was trying to explain why people want to believe that Americans and their selfishness caused more deaths in the pandemic. And why that's such a captivating storyline. And it's because of Trump and it's because of the perception that there are all these Trumpers out there. And how how wonderful for somebody that hates these Trumpers, you know, because they hate Trump, obviously. So anybody that supports Trump has got to be a loony. Well, of course, if you're presented with this storyline, the narrative that these people by not following the rules and acting out, created all of this extra death because they infected all these other people. Like, that's a really easy and appealing storyline to buy. But what basis in reality does it have? Any? Does it have any basis in reality? Does that have any basis in anybody's personal experience? Like, oh, a fucking redneck without a mask came up to me in the store and then... I got sick and died. <laughs> I don't know. Or a bunch of rednecks got together and went to a football game and then cases spiked in that state. It's like, no, the there Yeah, there's just there's no real evidence of that, but it's like it's so 
it's so firmly planted. The seed is so firmly planted and the soil is so fertile for those ideas to grow. People will not hesitate to question a story that fits their perception of the world, which is that the problem is the Trumpers. That's basically it. It's not a it's not a wildly revolutionary concept, but I, I'm astounded by how many people are caught in that trap. So deep. They're fucking they're up to their earballs in it. And there was never I don't know, like was there a moment, it seems like maybe in the beginning of all this shit, there was a moment when people were actually looking at what was happening in the world and trying to associate it with, you know, check it against the narrative or something like that. But that seems to be gone now. And it just seems like it's so easy to just blame whatever you want on the fucking Trumpers. And then that's going to be the anti-vaxxers. And I don't know. It's too easy. (laughs) It's too easy. Like eating beef. You know what I'm saying? Like eating a ground beef patty. Just mm, just chomp, 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 down it goes. Not thinking, not even thinking twice. Before you know it, that little burger is gone. I've been making, generally my standard is to make hamburgers that are about a quarter pound of uncooked meat. And, and then I cook them and then I eat them and I end up with a pretty small burger. I think that it might be time... You know, a small burger is nice if you just, like, want to pop it the whole thing in your mouth in one bite. But if you want to take the time to build it out on a bun with lettuce and tomato and the whole nine yards, I think you want something a little bigger than a quarter pounder. Don't you, dear listener? I don't know. Why don't we get an update from Susan Davis, shall we? All right, here's the update from Susan Davis. This is a little bit old. This is a couple weeks old. The title is Teen Challenge Challenges Holds Prayer Event. It rained almost every day last week. The river got quite high, but it didn't go over its banks. We needed the rain. It certainly made the grass grow and the leaves start to pop out. Some people have started mowing their lawns. Green Up Day was last Saturday. It was a beautiful day for it. I noticed a number of the green bags filled with trash at the drop-off point in town. A big thank you goes out to the people who filled those bags. Our carpenter came last Monday to start work on our foundation. Come to find out all the floor joists in the addition have rotted. They had to stop work until I could clean out everything, not just the closet and the hallway. I worked on it all week. I still have a couple more days before I have it all done. One accumulates a lot of stuff in 20 years. They need to tear up the whole floor. It will be a mess for a little while, but it will be worth it when it's done. Waterville Waterville Library trustees met on Wednesday, April 29, by Zoom. The trustees are setting up separate times when they can come into the library to clean and help get the library ready to open. We will set a date to open as soon as the governor gives the okay to do so. My snowmen in our house are disappearing very slowly this year. Doing invitations for our daughter's bridal shower and wedding reception plus cleaning out the addition, has taken all my time lately. It has really been stressful, but the Lord has been helping me get through everything, a little at a time. The snowmen have to stay out for another week or two. Our granddaughter, age seven, came for a little while on Friday, along with her two brothers. She said, Grandma, why do you still have snowmen out? Don't you know it is spring? I told her that was true and that they would be gone one of these days. I took care of my grandkids Friday for a couple of hours. 
Monty had homework and the other two kids just played around. I had too much to do to do any crafts with them this time, but I do enjoy having them come come even if I am busy. Just a reminder that the community prayer event will take place Friday, May 7, 6 p.m. at Teen Challenge in Johnson. A happy birthday goes to Amanda Manchester, May 8, to Brittany McClure, May 10, to Stephen Davis, May 11, and to Christopher Coons and Rhoda Mingledorf, May 12. Have a great week, everyone, and a happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Susan Davis. Well, folks, that's it for today's episode of the Painting Pictures Podcast. Thanks for joining. Thanks for tuning in, listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. And I'll let you know that you can... um, (laughs) Just going to say something crude, but I don't want to end like that. We don't want to end this talk like that with some stupid joke you can visit the website for the podcast it's gaberobertsart.com and you can send emails to gabe roberts that's me at gmail.com just take out the that's me part it's just gabe roberts at gmail.com you can also send me a piece of mail or a piece of female if you like (laughs) break me off a piece of that (laughs) nah just nah just kidding B just kidding you can send me a piece of mail or a piece of snail mail to box 28 Craftsbury Vermont 05826 Um, if anybody's ever been to Belarus I'd love to hear about that I'm thinking about that being the topic of my next my next book it's going to be all about Belarus. It's going to be. It's going to have an introduction by uh, I don't know somebody. I'll find somebody <laughs> to write an introduction. Maybe somebody that's been to Russia at least. And then I'll basically just I'll write a whole book um, just based on the Wikipedia article for Belarus, which obviously is like way too much information to take in. So I'll try to I'll try to summarize it a little bit and put it into like just a useful book. You know, a useful, digestible, bite-sized book. And it'll be everything you need to know about Belarus. The condensed version. Hey, and maybe this will turn into like a thing. I'll make a whole series of condensed versions of the Wikipedia entries. Because who has time to read the entire Wikipedia page about something? You know? Like I could do one about government. And it would just be like, obviously you can't read a whole Wikipedia page about government or I don't know, what's another, um, there could be one on biology. There could be one on cars, you know? I mean, how long is the Wikipedia page for cars? Probably super long. And so I could take the time to read the whole thing and then just take out this, put, you know, condense it into the salient points and and write those out in a book with some nice big font. You know, like some freaking 48-point font. Shit you can read from far away. We'll see. I'll let you know when that gets published and if you have any if you have any suggestions for somebody that could write an introduction to that for me. <laughs> that would be great. Let me know. If you like the podcast, do a rate and review thing. That'd be great. But I really don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. Um, let me know how it's going for you. You know, how does it feel? Like, are you one of those people that is now struggling? I, I, have the, I had the thought, nothing has made me want to wear a mask more than learning that um, unvaccinated people don't have to wear masks because... The last thing I want is for somebody to think I got the vaccine. So I think I need to get I I need to get t-shirts that say like 
or maybe most people remember, like, I'm the guy that wasn't fucking wearing a mask the whole time, okay? So don't lump me in with the new crew of, of non-maskers because I'm the OG. I'm the OG non-mask guy. I don't know. Hopefully we can all just forget about this shit. I think we're going to be faced with some bigger problems soon, actually. And I think those are going to be problems like everything is too fucking expensive (laughs) and we can't get food and we can't get random things partially because I don't know why, honestly, I have no idea. Do you know why? Um, did it have to do with the Suez canal? I don't know. I didn't take the time to read about that. You know, like what the fuck am I going to do about it? Am I going to email Joe Biden? Be like, Hey bro, you know, can you sort out these supply chains? No, it's too complex. It's too, I'm sure it's way too complex. But what it feels like is that the the screws are getting tightened on the just regular people that want to, like, I don't know, just have a job and bring home a little paycheck and buy a house and raise a family. <laughs> That's... That's gonna. That's not gonna be so easy. I know it's been easy. You've only had to work your ass off for forty years, but not gonna be so easy. You're not gonna be able to get things like electrical conduit or PVC pipe. So you got. You're just gonna have to fight it out. Well, there's my time, folks. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. I do. I hope. Uh, I hope I get to see you again soon. Until next time, my dear friends. Adios.